Welcome to the Autonomy Talent Podcast, where each week we feature a brand new independent artist. No set questions, no agenda, just two musicians sitting down talking about what we love. So whether you're a musician yourself or simply a music fan, you're going to like this show. because they don't use it a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, I think the last time I used it was with you, actually. Probably. <laughs> like I've had a lot of people that had like, oh, let me go de- install that real quick or download it on my phone or something. It's like, All right. <laughs> is, Skype, like, is Skype even still popular? I feel like because of FaceTime, like, you know, I wonder how they're even like still in business. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm on Android, so I've, I, I've never once FaceTimed, so I don't know. <laughs> True. There's a, a Google Duo that's an option too, you know, but it works the same way. But I I think I've used that one time. Right. And all your podcasts are all audio. You don't do any like FaceTimes on them anyways, right? Yeah, I haven't done any video ones yet. I've contemplated no it. Do what? There's really no point to, right? I don't know. You can edit them up and put them up on YouTube and try to, you know, oh, get, grab some attention there too. But I, I just haven't gone there yet. I actually did one, and everybody had their cameras on. I did a there was this uh, kind of pop punk group from up in uh, Pennsylvania called uh, Witch Weather. I did their episode just dropped a couple weeks ago, and uh, all pardon me, all three members were on remotely, you know, from their own home. And we all had our cameras on and actually did video of it all, but like I, I haven't done anything with that. I just convert it to audio and go with it from there. Was it different, like having it face to face to you at all? Or is it pretty much the same shit? Um, it's actually like if someone is actually here in person, face to face, it's this is different energy. That'd be dope. Yeah, I've, I've only done a, like a like about three i think in person like face to face like they've come sat down with me here and we we did it in person it's always fun but yeah to do it with all my bandmates soon too was it local people that you knew already or yeah well some of them i've I've met you know through like um my either my band connections or through doing this like like on facebook groups and stuff you know local musician facebook groups and whatnot that's where i met uh Jake Ferris, who was on recently, he's a local singer-songwriter guy that came by, and it was the last one I did in person. That's so dope. Where, uh, where do you live at again? I'm up in Fort Worth. Yeah, that's what I figured, because I listened to the Karma episode not too long ago. Yeah. I know you guys were talking about that. She had, like, a show over there. I yeah, didn't know, like, exactly where you were at, so that's not too far from me. That's cool. No, not at all. You're down in San Antonio, right? Yes, sir. And that's why you you came up the other day because I was talking to or uh, come to find out mutual friend of ours <laughs> the other day last Sunday actually 
when uh, I had did recording with uh, Kid G. It'll be out in a couple weeks, and yeah. And I asked him if he knew you, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I just like sent him a feature <laughs> like like two days ago." I think. <laughs> Small world, right? Yep. Small indie world, I should say. Right, but thriving. Hell yeah, that's the thing. Like, man, we don't we don't realize like it is thriving, but how small it really can be. Like, sometimes I'm like, I overthink it. Like, there's so many people, but it's not as at like we always talk about you know the music market being so oversaturated, and it is. But like the real musicians out there, I feel like like the real indie community is not as big as you think it is. That's how I feel at least. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. It's kind of depends on where you're at too because you know like twitter yeah. has its own people that go there and then true, some true. people that just live on instagram they never even touch like a lot of the bands that i know that we work with we play with do gigs with and stuff here half of them aren't even actually most of them aren't even on twitter they don't even have a twitter account it's like yeah kind of got like our own little community on there uh yeah. do you like instagram by the way I use all of it, and I I really never did like Instagram that much, but I've come around on it in the past year or so now. That's my thing, dude. It's like I, I've been on Instagram a little bit, but like I've just never really liked it, man. Like I just think it's boring. Like you look at like what I do is I scroll through a few pictures. I'm like, all right, cool. Where's like the interaction? Where's this and that? But I don't know. Maybe I'm not like seasoned enough at learning how to use it properly. But I'm a Twitter guy for sure. Yeah, it took me a minute to try to figure out how to really get any real engagement going on Instagram, and it's still tough, man. I mean, you've got to like go in there and spend time like actually talking to people. Yeah, a lot of artists I see are complaining about Instagram these days, and like like yep. I said, with me, I'm barely on there, but um, I've heard like with the algorithms all that. We don't need to get into it too much, but it seems like right. it's crazy these days. So many people are complaining about it, but you know, Twitter's dope, man. I, I've always liked Twitter a lot. And uh, the community on there, like we were saying, is it's pretty amazing, honestly. Twitter's another one I really didn't care for at first when it when I first got on there, like back around yeah. 2008, you know, like way back. <laughs> right, yeah, that's kind of when I got on too. Like I would go on there and kind of look at it a little bit, and go, oh, this is cool, and I was trying to do some stuff. I got it, one account shut down for being spammy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah. that's that's on not anything. I had like two followers, maybe 10, and I'd just be <laughs> tweeting shit and nobody was responding and I kept it going. And I yeah. like, so I, I think about it a little bit, like, where did it change? How did shit start going? But uh, the, the start off on Twitter was rough. Like, I, I can't remember like what year I actually signed up in, but it was a good, I want to say shit, like at least five years of like no interaction. <laughs> like, I'm surprised, I was st- maybe not five years, but barely any interaction so it's it's crazy how much it's grown but yeah starting off twitter was was rough <laughs> yeah and i'm just i just pulled up your twitter right here to, um forgotten oh, one jsf is at 10.8 thousand 10.8 thousand oh yeah yeah, yeah I, so i was looking at my tweets so i'm at 27.4 thousand tweets dude good lord 27 27- yeah. I don't even remember where it shows you how many tweets you have. It shows if you go to, I'm on my computer, obviously, but if you go to your profile page right under your name at the top, at least it shows for me. I'm not sure if it's the same for everybody, but. Yeah, I'm looking at it on my on my phone. I don't see that you, here. Uh, I feel like you're not even close to that. Oh, hell no, I'm sure. Which is probably a good thing. Well, I don't know <laughs> if you combine all the accounts I have. I'm probably getting close to that, but I've oh, managed true, several true. accounts. What do you, 
<laughs> right. Yeah. How many accounts? Uh, I think I'm like currently actively working about eight. God damn. <laughs> yeah, but like I've got a cup. I've got the, the, the podcast account. I've got my personal one. I've got um, the agency account, which I have not really doing much with right at the moment. But then I've got um, just a stupid meme account I set up a while back, and I manage my band's account. Jesus and Christ! A couple other little little piddly ones. How do you uh, how do you like balance that? Like I've I never really because I know a lot of people do that. No, <laughs> a lot of it gets neglected for a while, and you be like, oh crap! You go over there every few days and like handle that and get back to it. But I'm not the main ones. I focus on the podcast ones, my personal one, growing those, and the band one. You know, that's the only ones I really focus on daily. What so. you got for the uh, autonomy podcast one? Yeah, this, all, those three and the same on Instagram. My personal, the podcast, and the band accounts. I'm focused well, on those. I was, I was curious. I was curious on your uh, your Twitter one. Did you see how many tweets you got for the Autonomy Talent Podcast? Uh, like, no, I, I have to open it up on the desktop here. Hold on. Yeah, like twenty seven thousand. Man, I, I don't even know how I feel about that. Like that's pretty depressing. Really <laughs> think about it, but I now. Okay, I just thought. So I joined March two thousand twelve. All right, so I got a few years on you there as far as joining, because you said you were 2008. I think it was 2008 or nine when I got my personal one, whenever I set it up. So. Damn, so I'm uh, so, eight, so nine years ago. Wow. Where is it? I, don't, I still don't see how many tweets I've got even on the desktop. Are you on your, are you on your uh, computer? Yeah. Hmm. I see following and followers, but not number of tweets. It's you don't weird. see it at the very top under your name? Uh-uh. That's weird. Yeah, I'll send you a screenshot. Oh, there it later. is. There it is. I see it. 25.8,000. Damn, dude. <laughs> well, like I said, you got four four years. Well, on that's, this account's not that old. No? Um, no, that's that's my personal wow, one. That's you tweeting, old. man. You really, you really well, I tweet. I'll buy tweet 10, 12, 15 times a day on this account. Different oh, for stuff. real? I, man, I, I don't like see that much. I must, a lot, uh, our algorithm, my algorithm must be weird because I follow a shit ton of people, but I didn't realize you tweet that much. Man, well, you need a fucking day job. I'm gonna go. I've got a day job. <laughs> no, like I said, it's like twenty eight thousand. When I look at that, I'm like, fuck, dude, like that is pathetic. <laughs> okay, uh, does it show? Yeah, joined. This I'm on my personal one now. This is my oldest one. Joined February of twenty ten. 2010. There you go. But only so 20.5 thousand tweets. Okay. <laughs> so combined, you're you're rolling. Oh yeah. And <laughs> you got the other ones and all the retweets I've done. We're into the hundreds of thousands. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's crazy. Yeah, I wonder like the people that are the worst on Twitter that are just on there all day long. Like I can't even imagine what their numbers look like. Like I our shit's pretty average if you think about it. Right. <laughs> Karmas are probably like you know, hundred thousand just this last year. <laughs> I was just thinking that too. Like she was the first one that popped in my head because you know she has all our shit. Just like listening to the episode, oh yeah, having her shit planned out. So she, because I, I, I can't imagine. Do you know how many times she tweets a day? I haven't gone to look, but I know it's a lot. Like a I lot, a lot. Because like I remember this business thing that she did, and and I was gonna do it too. I ended up not doing it. And I uh, don't want to drop any names or anything like that. Are we re- we're recording, by the way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if we were for sure. But uh, anyways, don't want to drop any names or anything. But like one of the suggestions on there was to tweet. I think it was 
I can't remember the exact number, but like 30 times every single day or some shit. And as soon as I saw that, this is like a business management of how to grow your following, whatever, whatever. But that's literally what it was, is to tweet 30 times a day. And that was, I was going to join up on this shit. Actually, I did join up and I canceled right away after I saw that. Because I was like, bro, like, I don't fucking have time for that shit. A lot of people say that, man. Like uh, Gary Vaynerchuk says, you know, you need to be tweeting anywhere from 20 to 40, 50 times a day. And that's po- post across all networks if you're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and whatnot. So that's right. like a total of like 20 to 50 posts a day. TikTok. Yeah, and, that, and this and this shit was just strictly Twitter, like nothing else. And um, look, I understand like that's, you know, that's a hustle and bustle and that's what it takes sometimes. But like for me. I'm good, man. Like I, I would rather not make it than have to do that and sacrifice my whole life tweeting all day long. And I get there's shit you can do where you can schedule and plan, but for me, I'm just like, fuck it, dude. Like that's you know, that's not the only way to make it. You know what I mean? Right. And that's yeah, what I, feel- I told the dude that was running that shit too. I'm like, look, like I respect that. You know, I'm peacefully gonna not do that. But I'm like, and he was like, he he like came at me about it too, like, yo, you ain't got the work ethic. You're never gonna do it. You're never gonna make it. All this shit. I was like, bro, that's just one way of making it, right? Like, especially in the music industry. And who, you know, making it is a whole nother term in itself. But it's like that's not the yeah, only way. Yeah, define making it. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> right but you you don't you're not a slouch yourself man like uh, i've got this one one of my twitter accounts is just strictly for retweeting my other shit and other people that i know so i've got a i've got one list i've made on there that's just my account other accounts right and, got a, and another one that's just called people to retweet and it's like people i've gotten to know mostly podcast guests and and uh like you and you were probably like second as far as the number of tweets that pop up on there when i hit that list right behind karma <laughs> yeah, wow as far as the number of repeats I see, and a lot of stuff, you know, ret- you're reading, tweeting from other people too, you know. I've seen you do that a lot too. You're, you're always out there sharing for other people too. So. For sure, yeah. You know, like thinking about it, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a compliment. <laughs> Just going back to the 28,000 tweets, but like, no, for sure. I've always had a good work ethic. It's something that I try, but I just don't want to be wasting my life on Twitter, you know, tweeting all day long. So that's why I talk about looking at that 28k, like. It's kind of depressing, but at the same time, like, just like we said, I mean, you, you got to put in some work. Yep. <laughs> For sure. So, man, uh, I never even introduced you here. We just got into it. <laughs> right. I hope everybody, y'all yeah. figured out that this is Jordan Faust, the forgotten one. So. <laughs> but, uh, appreciate it. Appreciate the actual intro. So, it's been, um, God, Probably a little less than a year, I think, since you were last on. Yeah. And and uh, it was around probably like May or June of last year. So it was right around this time, I think. Right yeah. about a year, yeah. Yeah. So uh, yep. I, I know a lot has happened in that past year. Why don't you uh, oh, give man. us a little rundown of the highlights? Whew. Yeah, there's been Highlight so real. Many. We'll stick to obviously music because that's what this podcast is mainly about, right? So. Shit, let me recap. So going back to about a year, obviously our world has just been crazy, right? So um, let me think, man. Well, yeah, so I think the last thing, you know, going back to the podcast with me and you and, and what we discussed, at that time I had just taken the A&R gig with Bentley Records, which is the label I've been working with for some years now. So I've, you know, still been doing that, the A&R thing. It's been cool. It's been fun, um, as well as obviously continuing to make music. 
Um, trying to just think of the highlights since a year ago. Probably the biggest thing for me is uh, hiring a manager, which just happened about a month or so ago. So that's a big step for me because, <laughs> you know, even within that year frame or just <laughs> since I've been doing music in general, I just like had no fucking idea what what I've been doing. <laughs> you know? And uh, I've definitely learned a lot in my time frame of doing music, which has been about four, coming up on five years now. Um, but definitely learning the business more and more and, and then just having that manager to, to help out. And so this next drop I'm going to be doing, he's going to act, this is going to be the first song that he's going to be involved in and help him promote it and all that shit. So that's, that's big for me. And then since then I'd say, uh, the album I dropped was probably the biggest thing musically for me, which was, uh, underground diamonds, um, which was an LP, it was nine songs long. I had a bunch of features on there. It was it was starting out, it was supposed to be like a, a collab album. And then I had some singles, so I just decided to make it my own shit. But there, I think there's like eight featured artists on there in nine songs. So that was a project that I, I was really proud of. I really liked it. Um, I think it's just a good project. Obviously, you know, I always look back and be like, hey, I could have done this, could have done that, could have been a little bit better here and there. But I'm definitely very proud of it. And uh the artists that were on it did really good. So it's a cool project. If anybody that's listened to this hasn't checked it out, go give it a spin. Like I said, it's nine minutes, or it's not nine minutes, nine songs. And uh, it's dope. It's hip hop. It's underground. And uh, I think it's pretty cool. But that was probably the biggest thing for me. And then just continuing to grow my fan base and connecting with artists um, has been the main thing. So nothing too, too crazy. But um, I'd say the management thing, the album, uh, continuing to drop singles. I did a song with Elijah Kyle, who's one of my favorite underground artists out right now. Uh, have you heard of him before? No, I have not. Yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely recommend you, anybody that's listening to this, to check him out. He just dropped an album, I think like last week or some shit, but I, I listened to it and it was fire, dude. He's just, he's one of those dudes that has... And we talk about, oh, we're tweeting all the time. Our work ethics are good. This dude's work ethic would put most to shame, including myself. So uh, his work ethic is crazy, and he's actually making good, purposeful music that, like I said, I really enjoy. And so just to get a, on a song with him was amazing. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the main things, I would say. And then um, my dude, I think you know uh, uh, Mo, A to the Mo, Aaron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's become one of my good, you know, friends on here. Uh, just doing a lot of work with him. He just dropped, I think within that time frame, two different collab albums. I can't remember if the second one, which is Internet Friends 2, was before our podcast. I think it was after. Um, yeah. yeah. So if you know, so he I did that. I remember seeing it pop up, yeah. What's that? I remember seeing it pop up, yeah. That was after. Okay, cool. I, I still need yeah, to get him cool. on here too, man. I, I keep forgetting to go hit him up absolutely yeah you guys oh, he's got his yeah. podcast he does all the time i've caught it some here and there and, uh, like i need to hit him up like we can talk podcasting and music and everything oh no doubt you guys are, i feel like you guys have a great connection uh oh, so yeah. for sure yeah. and uh like i said he's been you know kind of one of my biggest supporters and just a good friend on here and i've been on two of his albums two songs on both of his uh internet friends two internet friends three which are just amazing albums uh, underground artist collab albums with just tons of artists and uh those are another uh big thing that's that's gone down since that time 
That's phenomenal, man. How about so, you, man? So Shit, you haven't what's, what's, you hadn't been doing much then. That's what you're telling you. me. You've been slacking. <laughs> yeah, slacking. <laughs> uh, tell us, tell us, tell us uh, what you've been doing because obviously you got your band. You've been doing your po- your podcast has been going crazy since. Uh, You've been doing shit ton of work, but yeah, what what uh, past year? What's kind of been your highlights? Since I came back to it, the podcast has really kind of taken off again. It was kind of starting to gain some traction, and I had some personal things going on last year. Uh, right. Starting in July, I kind of took a bit of a hiatus from the podcast, and but yeah, I came back yeah. in December yeah. and started, and I've been putting one out every week since December, except for like like I think yeah. two weeks I skipped a week because of like holidays and such, and I was out of town and whatnot. So, good. but other than that, it's been going full speed ever since yeah for sure what uh, number episode are we on now or will we be on this oh let me look this you will be yeah uh, what's it called the music um the autonomy talent podcast no i know that i'm saying the um when you oh. do the specials where you bring on the artists and do three of their songs what's that called again? oh yeah the uh, indie artist spotlights yeah so that's included yeah now uh, this will be the 38th interview episode Okay, so 38 interviews alone, and then that's not including the uh, any yeah, spotlight. There, there have been 11 spotlight episodes so far, and yours is—I still have yours that I have not got a chance to edit because those take forever, and I haven't had a chance to sit down and do one of those again. I've kind of got to get back in the habit of doing those again, but it's yeah, like sitting sure. down, and listening to them, and then recording my parts and doing all that stuff and editing it out and fixing all the times that I fuck up <laughs> to go back and fix it. Yeah, those um, are dope too. Like a couple that I listen to, I just think they're cool, man. Like, so you play three of their songs, you talk about each song. Like, that's for especially for artists. Like, that's really good exposure too. So, yeah, I thought those are cool. They're fun. It's it's fun to force yourself to just sit down and like listen that intently to a song with no distractions. You're not like doing dishes or on the yard or driving yeah. to work or any of that bullshit. You're sitting down. <laughs> intentionally listening to everything of the song and i'll usually have to listen to it like two or three times in a row yeah so that i can like listen to the instrumentation i can listen to the vocals and the lyrics and pardon me and uh you know really get a good feel for it and then give my spiel on it for what that's that's uh, i would actually really like to do some shit like that like i I listen to a lot of music with being an a&r now and I'm making, pl- I'm still making curated playlists, not as crazy as before. I know that's something we talked about last time. Oh yeah. Are you still? Was that? I ha- oh yeah. I was just saying, oh yeah. I'm, yeah, I haven't messed with playlisting in a while now. It just got so just overwhelming there. I had to, I had to bounce off that. <laughs> the ones I made are still up there, but I'm like I haven't been messing. Like there was a one point that it was like two weeks that I spent nothing. I did nothing but like review songs for playlists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah those and as you know like you, you don't know what you're gonna get when you ask for those you get some trash ass music just to be real but um yeah still doing those so it would be fun to just especially because i think like it's way better to listen to artists that you actually know and then that you actually like <laughs> so like doing that and like breaking down their music it just sounds like it'd be fun to like take that time to listen to it and really dissect it like i've never I guess I've never really done that. Like, obviously, I've, like you said, you know, I listen to my friends' music and and people that actually send me their music that are trying to get into Bentley and whatnot. But um, to actually like take the time to break it down and, and give your thoughts and feedbacks, like it just, I think that'd be fun. It really is, and like all of those artists, most all the ones I've done, they're people that I met who were previous guests on the show, and I, I liked them. I, I like their stuff. That's why I had them on the show because I they popped up either twitter or instagram or someplace and we got to talking and 
And I went and listened to their stuff and like, hey, I dig this. So that's why I did their stuff because I I enjoyed it and I wanted to break it down. But yeah. uh, like, except for the last one that that uh posted um from it was called Project Rogue is a local like metal band here in Dallas and mm-hmm. I actually auditioned was auditioning for them at the same time I was auditioning for my current band. I was auditioning wow. for both bands at the same time, trying to learn songs from both bands at the same time. It was like kind of daunting, especially at my experience level. <laughs> but, oh, uh, yeah. But um, like it just didn't work out with those dudes, and for one reason or another, you know, we both decided to go. Like I didn't think I was really gonna be able to jump in as quickly as they needed somebody. They needed somebody because their one their rhythm guitarist was leaving like after they had like two more shows booked and after that he was going to bounce and they needed, they were trying to book shows for the rest of the year and they yeah. needed somebody to come on board and be able to play those shows. So it's going to be like within a month, I needed to have their catalog down and ready to play. Yeah, and I didn't think my expertise, my expertise level was up to that. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So you brought them on to the, you did a, uh, indie spotlight for them or. Yeah, I did. That was the last one. That was number 11. It just, but hell, that was two or three months ago. Now that that one came out. So. That's dope. Uh, I'm looking at it now. So I'm looking at your uh, Spotify profile here. So you said, uh, so I see Jake Harris. And then what was the name of that group again? Project Rogue. It'd be the, the most recent one that starts out with Indie Artist Spotlight. So. Oh, gotcha. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah, man, you've been working for sure. This is, uh, You took your time off, but you've been right back at it. Huh? Yep, yeah, and trying to get some uh, recordings going with the band. We're, looking at hopefully being able to get that going within the next couple months here so it's it's a long drawn out process and especially when you have you know five different people that all need to be sure they're they are tight on their parts and you know when they come in we can sit down and record it maybe run through a couple of takes and be done we don't have to screw around like all day trying to make sure oh i gotta get that part right so oh my, yeah I'm, I'm probably the most guilty of that too <laughs> <laughs> I need to be sitting down practicing those songs a lot more than I do. So you're like a perfectionist type? No, but like um there's a couple of members of the band that are. <laughs> so if it was right. up to me, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be nearly as spit polished, but like it's gonna be it's gonna be polished and perfected before it goes out. And so and yeah. I, I need to I, myself, I I would uh, value speed of release versus absolute perfection. You know, it needs to be really good, or you don't want to put out crap because then, you know, the best <laughs> marketing in the world is not going to fix a crap product. <laughs> no, that's but, fact. But like these guys are wanting to make like every I dotted T crossed, everything absolute perfect as far as tone, every note right, everything. So it's going to be. It's going to be fun. We're probably going to try to get some demo recordings done over the next couple of months, but like doing like an official album, that's we're looking at a year or two out probably before we actually get a real solid album put together. Yeah, that's like the dope thing about being just by yourself too is like, you know, I, I can't really relate because I've never d- been in a band, but I can only imagine like how much extra work goes into it as opposed to just being on your own and be like, all right, got this beat, got vocals got this done let's get this shit out and like putting together an album you know i don't want to say it's easy but it's like compared to that it must be just so much easier you know what i mean yeah well there's there's like no way in hell that a rock band could (laughs) could um produce the kind of volume that right like pop and hip-hop artists and r&b and everybody else does and 
even if you're using session musicians and stuff, it's still the same. You know, you've got a score that's written. You hire some session musicians to come in. They sit down and they play it, and boom, you're done. It's not you don't have five different people all with their own creative input and like <laughs> and, and arguing about which tracks they want to include on this EP. You know. And <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't, man, because I'm very like headstrong. So when I like I have my ideas or this or that, like that's what I'm doing. So like just just thinking of that, if that was me in that band, that'd be tough because. Man, that's so it's five dudes, right? All having their own ideas and create like must take a lot of time and work to just to put out a fucking song, right? Yeah, like our current catalog consists of 12 songs right now. We, we play live, and uh, like two of those, like one of those we've only played live once. So we've done a couple of gigs this year now, and we have a couple more booked over the next couple of months here, but um. Like one of the new, the, the second newest one that we have, not the brand, brand new one, but the one that we've only done on stage twice now. Mm. Um, it's one of my new favorites, but like nobody else wanted to put that one on the list when we we're ready to record. I'm like, come on, man, this is like a, a huge energy, man. And I love, it's got these little moments in it. You know, it's got a lot of movement. It does a lot of different stuff and it has this big powerful moment that comes to hit you right there and they're just not hearing it. They're like, no, nope, nah, I don't want to do that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that would piss me off. But uh, no, that's cool. Yeah. And, um, I guess that's like the other plus of being in a band. What I was thinking about is performing is you got your, you got your boys with you when you're out there, you know, when you're yeah. by yourself, by yourself. So I still have not done my first performance yet. I'm still figuring it out. And that's another reason to get in the management to start doing that and just get myself out there to do that first one and just get it out of the way. You know, I'm right. still like obviously very nervous for that, but um, I'm, I'm still excited to just go and do that. But just going back to what I was saying, it's like, you know, in that sense, I wish I had people to go out there with, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. So what's the scene like down there in San Antonio as far as like spots to go play and perform? I'm just like, I'm not too familiar with the scene. Cause I've just been laying so low and my family has for the most part, um, that like that's come 2021. That was one of the main things I wanted to do is get more out there on the scene and like, not only for me, but going to shows and like watching other people and right. figuring out like the right way to do this shit. Cause I don't want to just go and perform and be out there and like have no fucking idea what to do. But, um, so that was kind of my main thing, but I just really haven't had the opportunity to do that much. Um, but yes, I mean, just an example. So my job, when I go to work, we have like 30 dudes on our team and, uh, nobody's wearing a mask in our meeting. We're all inside. Everybody's just doing their thing. And I'm the only motherfucker in there wearing a mask. <laughs> I don't know if it's cause I'm not initially from Texas or whatever. Like, I don't know what it is, but like people out here just don't, I don't know if it's the same in Dallas, just don't seem to give a fuck. And, uh, you know, I like, I'm not hating on people or blaming people, but me, I'm just kind of that paranoid type, especially with having kids, but especially with something that i don't understand you know yeah. but uh as far as the scenes i think you know everything's pretty much opened up everything's growing but um yeah i need to get back out to a show like i said i just kind of been holding back on it just because uh just being the paranoid type i guess yeah and i don't want to be this show and being the only motherfucker with a mask on <laughs> It's not that bad up here. I'm like, most people everywhere you go are still wearing masks. It'd be like maybe five, ten percent people are not wearing them at this point. But yeah, that's true. And it depends on where you go, I guess too. But you know, like my singer had a birthday party. Um, oh God, it's been three or four weeks. I guess it's been about a month ago now. And uh, and we, we went to a sports bar and they had karaoke there that night. 
and uh, it was a place that he and his wife know. And uh, we got there, and the place wound up being pretty crowded that night, probably at eighty percent capacity, and not one person was wearing a mask. Oh. I think the bartenders were wearing masks. The, the staff was, but not one oh. single patron was wearing a mask. Like a couple people wear it when they came in the door for a few minutes to get to their table and take it off, and, and that was it, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. I guess some places allow it, some places don't. Like I went to a bar uh, last week or whatever just to pick up some food, and uh, no one in there was wearing a mask, including any of the workers, and they just didn't have any rules towards it. Wow. So, yeah, I don't know as far as like going downtown and going to shows and stuff how that really looks, but man, at this point, just being a year, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know how long this shit has been going on for at this point. Obviously, about a year, but. I'm ready to just get back out there and just, even if I'm wearing a mask, dude, fuck it. But we I'm just, are. you know, I just want to go to some shows, honestly, dude, like not even performing. I just want to go check out some shows. Like that's something I've been itching to do. And then, yeah, getting myself on that stage too. But yes, yeah, so you, you guys have been performing a, a good amount, right? Um, We've done two shows this year so far. That's all. Oh, two shows? Okay. We did two shows back in March in the same week, actually. And then oh, we've, we've got one abbreviated set coming up in about two weeks and then another one in june that's all we've got booked so how far how did those two go for you they went really well the crowds are still small but the, the second yeah. one was an outdoor show and it was actually a considerably larger crowd but it was it was fun but it was like you know there were maybe 50 people out there but it was it was yeah. a good time is that kind of in a is that an abandoned military base out in a town west of fort worth over here called mineral wells and uh everybody just like pulls up and, like people are sitting on their tailgates of their truck and stuff you know just are hanging out having That's a beer true. and watching music you know and there's three bands that played and we all had a good time that sounds fun yeah that's like the type of scene i would want to do for my first like i feel like 50s you know at least for me starting out that'd be a nice number like i <laughs> probably first show will probably not be that many people but I feel like yeah, and it was outdoor and spread spread out, you know, because everybody was like around hanging out around their vehicles and stuff, you know, so everybody yeah. was spaced out nicely. It was outdoors in a big open field, you know, so it was it was not it was really uh, like for people who were a little more paranoid, it would have been a good a good show to go to. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it sounds fun though. The one before that, like the same week, we played on a Thursday and then on a Saturday in that same week, and uh, the the one before that on Thursday night was at this place called Haltom Theater where. Where uh, Karma played a couple weeks ago, we were talking about earlier. Okay. It's the same cool. venue, and uh, they have an amazing sound system. I love, I'm in love with their sound system there. But uh, it, oh. it was like, Dad, we were the first to four bands to play, and the only other people that were there when we played were the other bands. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think about <laughs> one or two customers had come in by that time, but not very many. And uh, it, it, a few people filtered in later on, but. Not a whole lot. It was just it was a Thursday night, you know, and everything's still a little less than normal right now because of COVID concerns still. And then being on a Thursday night, it was just it was pretty dead that night. But it was still fun. We had, we brought it. We brought the energy, man, because it was just we had a ball doing it. You know, I bet there was good energy just with just the other bands. It's almost like a I don't want to say a competition, but like you know who's who's really bringing it or not bringing it. That's how I would feel at least, but. Yeah, that's that's funny that there was only a couple people coming in and out. Uh, they didn't like they didn't pay you guys or anything, did they? Yeah, we didn't make anything off that one though. <laughs> the the headliners might have made something, but I don't like, think we even never even negotiated a prize. So. 
And the first one, it was we were our first show we all did together. First full set show we did together with this current lineup of the five of us was last November. I'm sorry, December nineteenth last year, and uh, it was supposed we were supposed to get like you know fifty percent cut of the door take, but it was right before Christmas and like all the service industry people had been hammered because of COVID, you know, not being able to work. So we're like, man, whatever you could take in off the door, just split it amongst the the staff for the night. So, and, and it wasn't a lot. There was maybe twenty, thirty people came total, and some people in and out, you know, during the course of the night. But so it wasn't yeah, going to be a lot. Cool we out. donated it to the people that work in that work in there that night. So, you know, a few extra bucks before Christmas couldn't hurt. So. That's the right thing to do. Yeah, and it was it was fun. We got to get on stage and kind of like it was a first. Like I said, it's our first time. Well, we'd done one abbreviated set back in October of last year. It was just like five songs. Uh, kind of, it was a kickoff for, for an open mic night. Um, you know, everybody just comes, signs up, and gets a slot to go up there and perform. But we were, you know, scheduled ahead of time to go up there and do a, a brief set to kind of get things kicked off. So that was fun. Was that, was that your first time actually performing? That was my first time on stage. Yeah, and oh, uh, wow. that was cool. How did you like, like, um, how were your nerves and shit for the first couple of times? And nothing at all. But of course I'm, uh, it's not just me up there by myself and with a mic. Right. I was, I was standing off to the side of the stage so playing my guitar. Love, so it's a little different. So you loved it up there. Oh, hell yeah. Right from the beginning. Man. See, that's the shit that gets me excited. Cause like, just thinking about it, like I've done a couple shows back in the day, back in the day like talent shows and shit like that but um for me i like being an actual musician now making real music like you know it it obviously comes with it it's performing and then i feel like i feel like the first time i hit the stage i'm gonna know if this shit is really for me or not you know if i hate it and it's just whack even if there's no one there i just i just feel like once i perform i'll know if i really really want to do this shit that's just how i feel but yeah i feel you that makes sense because if I go up there and I hate it, then I'm going to be like, what the fuck? Like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> well, even if you have a bad experience the first time, it's a good idea to try it a couple of times to be sure there wasn't just a fluke deal, you know? Yeah, and I'm not even talking about experience. Like, I don't even care if there's, like, two people there. I'm just, like, the way I feel. I'll know from the way I feel if I if I want to keep doing it or not. That, that's, what, that's how I feel, at least. Because, like, I think about that adrenaline and, like, actually playing my music for people to hear like that's that's something that i just feel like will be a pretty amazing but we'll see just got to get my bitch ass up there and get it done <laughs> it, it really is and like after you come off stage it's like oh, that's it come on man <laughs> you, you're still all amped up and it takes it, it, it takes me several hours to like oh. enough that i'm not just amped up still you know i can't even imagine my adrenaline's gonna be off the fucking roof Oh, yeah. uh, let me ask you something. Did you uh, did you drink it all before? Uh, like a couple, just very <laughs> you know, very moderately, but just a little bit. Like, like the first show, I think I'd had one beer before we went on stage. Uh, would you recommend Would you recommend getting a little loose before? Because that's what I was thinking is like getting nice, like having a few drinks, feeling good, and then going up there. <laughs> it all depends on the person. I mean, like if 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 it'll help you settle your nerves, absolutely. If if right. If, if you think it might affect your performance, then maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> it's a fine balance, right? Exactly. <laughs> For sure. Like I, I, I usually like to have two or three drinks, you know, before I go on stage, just 
kind of to relax, but I'm just like hanging out with my you know bandmates and stuff before the show, and we oh, yeah. we get set up and do sound checks, especially like when you're the first act to play. Um, you've got time. You're setting up as you know you you don't have to rush setting up. You get there a little early. You can take your time setting up and all that. But if you're like the the second or third show act to play. You've got to be ready to jump as soon as it's time. As soon as they br- they start breaking down, start bringing your stuff in, you know. Yeah, for sure. When you have amps and a full drum kit and everything else, you've got to set up. Right. Yeah, that's crazy. They you usually ha- have like 15 minutes in between for like each for the one band to break down, the next one to set up. That's the other nice thing about all you need is a microphone <laughs> for me. True. <laughs> Very true. Right. And especially when you have a drummer like mine that has like I think he's got like eight or nine cymbals in his kit, you know, and he's got a I think he's got four toms and just like he's got a huge kit and it, it's just a lot of moving parts. It takes a little bit to set it up. But. Yeah, you can't be too fucked up trying to do that shit. I would imagine. <laughs> oh hell no. <laughs> well, all all we all the rest of us do is just like carry stuff over there and hand it to him to hear, <laughs> and he sets it up. So. <laughs> so you guys can be fucked up, just not him. Exactly. As long as I can stumble over there with a with a symbol stand, I'm good. He's like the DD. <laughs> exactly. Just a drummer. Man, it sucks to be him. No, I'm just kidding. Poor bastard. <laughs> so how are your are your band members pretty cool? Yeah, man. I know if they listen to this, guys. you're gonna have to say that, but are they actually? <laughs> <laughs> no, they they really are, man. Like uh um We've had like multiple lineup changes just since in the two years since I've been in the band. We are. Oh, I was I was the only guitar player. They'd had it. Their the guy left that they've been playing with for a little bit. Flip, and uh, they tried out a couple other guys that didn't really work out that well. And then I came along and we started gelling. I was like, all right, cool, let's get this going. And then we lost our bass player. He got <laughs> transferred to Houston. So it's like crap. So we're li- looking for a bass player. Then our practice studio gets hit by a tornado. Um, what? Yeah, and the tornadoes that rocked through here last October, or I'm sorry, October of 2019, that hit mm-hmm. our practice studio and did significant damage to the buildings. But um, all of our gear survived, thank goodness. We were able to go in there the next day and get all of our gear out. But it took them like four or five months to get it up and running again. And they started opening it up right about the the week that they started shutting things down for COVID. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was a couple months later we were finally able to start getting back in there, though. So it's not it wasn't that big a deal, but. Um, long story short, the bass player, by the time the storm damage had been cleared and we got back in there, our bass player had come back. So it was like, sweet. So Jonathan's back. And Flip, the old guitar player, was able to come back because his other band, he was in two bands at the time, and they were touring. but And so he kind of had to focus on that one and let this one go. But that band is disbanded, no pun intended. <laughs> And uh, so he came back. So now we've got the two guitar set up that was kind of always the the goal. So we've got the dream team in place now. I think. Are you guys? Do you guys have music on uh, Spotify and shit yet? No, like I said, we're just now trying to get set up to do some recording. Oh, okay, okay, cool. We've cool. got some live videos that were taken just with my phone at our last live show, the last indoor one we did that went at Halton, and uh, they're on YouTube. But that's the audio quality is not that great of course but that's right. that's all we actually have out that anyone can even listen to right now and that's just going back to what we were saying like that's the crazy shit it's not like you can just meet up real quick throw a song together 
put it on like it takes time you know you like you said you guys have 12 songs i'm not hating on that but you know it's something that obviously takes a lot of time and effort and then the whole group coming together and going over ideas and this and that that's crazy man and that's yeah. that, that's what it is that's how it is right absolutely man like, like we all that are independent or not independent but on their own you know making just rap and shit like we we take that for granted i think of how simple it can be for us like when i think about it it's like man in that sense you know i'll probably piss my pants on stage by myself but being able to just make music like that is uh is dope yeah it's a it's all you know heads is good and it's bad right true and that's life and like we don't ever just sit down and have writing sessions and this doesn't work like that like we usually dedicate at least part of our practice session to a couple of the new ones we're working on but like somebody will just come up with a riff either while we're just warming up and we're just just kind of jamming loosely for a while just to get the creative juices flowing every once in a while we'll come up with something that sounded good it's like hey wait a minute let's let's go back let's do that again and that's how like half of our songs come to be the other half are Someone came up with a riff at home and brings it to the practice and is like, hey, man, I'm working on this. I wanted to see what y'all thought about it. What we wanna, maybe we can do something with it. So, that, and so we all just got to pitch in and write it on the fly. It's so cool. It just seems so like natural and organic, too. But do y'all do like um, – you guys have like scheduled out band times to meet and then just do that shit? Or how does that work? Oh, we have a practice time every week. We, we rehearse together. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, for me, I'm, I've been trying to, like, block off times at night after my kids go to bed to just go and work on music because I think you know I got my own recording shit now, which is finally, dude. I've always been in the studio on the clock, on time. So just, like, having that pressure off my back is amazing. And, um, you know, I'm a busy dude as it is, but I've just been trying to block off those times to come in because most of the time, like, I would just come and write and then just – you know, I obviously couldn't record, so it was like I would just write and then just hold that shit, practice that shit. But being able to write and then just record it on the spot is something different, and uh, I'm excited. And for me, I am kind of a perfectionist, not crazy over the top, but for sure a little bit. So like having that time, being off the fucking clock, and just being able to get it the way I want it to sound. Because man, I can't even tell you how many sessions I've done where I've been like just off my game or I can't make it sound right and just had to rush it and got it out to where man i wish i would have done this so long ago but i'm just excited to have the opportunity now and like be able to write some shit but like, all right let me go record that real quick and then uh, like actually perfect it practice it it's it's dope hell yeah man yeah it's long I, I get that like sometimes like we haven't practiced nights you know sometimes you're like have you know shit going on in your personal life or whatever you just you're just not feeling it you're not you, you have a yeah. hard time getting in the groove and whatnot it happens to everybody yeah. once in a while so it would suck to have that day when you're like in the studio <laughs> yeah exactly and if you're in the studio you have no choice like you have to you got to get shit done and you got to get it done on time and like obviously there's pluses to being in the studio the equipment's better your producer like my producer that i've been working with has helped me a lot through songs be like hey try this or why don't you do this and it helps just having that extra ears whatever but now nah, being on the clock is that's a lot of pressure and uh you it's, depending on how you're structured and how much money you're spending man 
money can go quickly. And just for myself, being a dad, being a husband, supporting my family on my own, I don't have fucking time and, and money to be spent like that. So, again, just excited to be able to take my time. But just like you were saying, like, there's times where, like, I'm like, fuck. Just like I said, I've locked off time to go work on music. But I'm like, shit, man, I just don't want to do it right now. I'm just too tired, had a long day, whatever. So I think I need to get myself in just that pattern or just that um, habit of this is my time to go work on music. I'm going to do this shit. And that's, I feel like that's the tough part of music is like, you you have to be there mentally to go make good music. You can't just block off time and then go, I mean, I guess you can, but I think it's hard. And, you know, that's another weird thing to say, because sometimes I'll be like, man, I'm not in the mood. And then I go make myself do it and I, and I do it. But it's a, it's a tricky balance, I think. So it's like, for me, I'm just going to, I think what I'm going to do is just block off those times and make sure I'm holding myself accountable and go do it. Yep, but yep. Uh, you know what I, you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely, man. Yeah, I've got like a solo project I've been trying to get going here for a while now, and it's um, I still haven't made much progress on it because I just so much <laughs> other stuff going on. It's hard to find time to just sit down, and I've got concepts in mind, but it's a matter of sitting down and writing it out, and then recording something to have a scratch track to work from, and then going and sitting down over there at the kit and recording some drums to go with it. You know, just I just haven't taken the time to do all that. You know, I think like just actually making music, especially on your end, being in a band or doing solo, whatever, like is a whole nother, a whole nother game. But like, at least for me, I spend most of the time, if you want to call it music work or actually working on music, like just promoting my social media and doing shit on there. So what I've realized is like, man, I'm using all this time and effort into promoting my social media and I'm, I'm, I'm making slow strides, but like, I could actually be putting that time and the effort into making better music. And at the end of the day, isn't that what it's all about? And isn't that the thing that's going to actually get us somewhere? So I don't know like how much time, obviously you're tweeting a lot, <laughs> but I don't know how much time you're like putting into that side. But when I think about myself, I'm like, damn, I need to take that energy and like put that shit into making better music because yeah, I think I'm good. I think I'm all right. But like I know I could get much better and I'm putting more time and energy and effort into tweeting than I'm actually putting into making good music. It's a matter of striking the balance, you know, because like like I've said a lot of times, the best song in the world is crap if no one ever hears it. So, <laughs> yeah, if you don't crap. get the word out about it. You know, what, what, what was it for? <laughs> no, man, that's the crazy balance though, right there. It's like, shit, like how much time should I be putting into this and then actually making good craft? But no, you're a hundred percent on. And that's the whole reason for me, I, I hired a manager. Cause like I can let him do most of that shit. Yeah. Take a lot of that off your plate. That's yes. as soon as you're in a position, you can afford to do that sort of thing, man. I, I, I strongly suggest people do that to get some help, get somebody managing. Even if you just like hire like a, somebody to do some PR work. Of course, you've got to be careful because there's some shady fuckers out there, but just somebody to do some PR and promo work for you on, on like a, you know, like a a la carte type basis where you just pay at, you know, one off here and there. It's not a contract type, long-term contract type deal. Anything you can do to help get a little bit of that off your plate is, you know, could be beneficial, but you've got to weigh the cost benefit analysis to it. You know, is it, is it, does it make sense to do it right now? Exactly. And if you're putting all that time and energy into it, what does that cost to you? Right. So like, like you can, you can go and get a manager for a hundred bucks a month. 
right? And if you think about the time you, and energy you're putting into promoting yourself, and you, you're probably not getting too far. Most people aren't, right? Is if, for that money, what you're probably already going to spend possibly on promotions, on ads, on studio time, whatever. A hundred bucks a month, that's, you know, like you said, you got to be able to afford it, you know? If you got kids, you can't be taking groceries off for the week. But, Tell me about Yeah. I've but, got a teenager, dude. <laughs> a lot of groceries. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying, you know, 100 bucks a month for what we probably already spend on on music, it's not that much, especially if it helps you grow and actually promotes your shit and you're making good quality music. Bro, like, you know, you'd be kind of dumb to pass up on that. Yeah, agreed, man. That's just an example. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely, dude. It's a lot of work, man. And like, I know a lot of artists that they they make some dope shit, but they like might open Twitter once every couple of months. <laughs> you know, they they just don't do anything with any of it, and it's like, all right, man, you keep putting out good stuff, but no one's gonna hear it, man. For nothing, you you did your amazing artists, like bro, like I can't even imagine how many good artists there is that never get their shit heard. I've got a buddy of mine that's a, a phenomenal guitar player and a really good singer and everything, and he's put out some good stuff, and he's got, like, no kind of traction off of it because nobody hears it because he's not out there doing anything. He's not doing any promotions. Yeah, and then, you know, on top of that, learning the business because you, you can tweet oh, and God. promote your shit all day long, but if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, again, you're just wasting your time and energy. Yeah, spinning your wheels. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, working hard is important, but also working smart is important, too. Everybody says that, oh, you got to work hard, you got to work hard, you got to work hard. And yes, you do, but you got to work smart, too. And I think there's a huge, huge balance, but also having both of those, working hard and working smart, like, especially when it comes to music. You know, you can tweet, you can promote your shit all day long, but if you're not growing or if you're not doing it properly, well, properly, you know. Uh, a weird word to say because the music industry is not proper. But you know what I'm saying. Like, if yeah, you're not was, doing, you can work hard as you want, but if you're not doing it the right way or doing it the way that is going to get your music out, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your energy. And just going back to what we were saying, there's probably a lot of really good fucking artists that are just doing that and, and not getting their music out, which is, you know, and it shows. It shows these days. Like, I've, I've tweeted about this before. Like, Okay, so let's talk about music from the 90s, music from the 2000s compared to now. I mean, are you on the same page with me? Like, it's not even fucking close to how much better music was. Um, It depends on, because there's people putting out really good shit now, but there's just such a mad volume that there's a lot of it that does not live up to that same standard. So, yeah, I, but there are some that's like off the charts good still, but it's not the norm anymore. For sure. I'm just saying, like, when I think back to the 90s, 90s hip-hop, alternative music, like, those two specifically, and up into the 2000s, like, I just, like, I still almost only listen to that music. I barely listen to any new music these days. I, I put on the radio, I'm like, what the fuck is this shit, dude? <laughs> like, of course, yes, there's tons of good talent, there's tons of good artists, but... The quality of music back then, and me and my wife talk about this a lot, and she's she's a lot younger than me. I'm 34, excuse me, 33, about to be 34. <laughs> I lost my own fucking age. And then my wife is uh, 26. 
and she's on the same shit. Like we we the quality of music from back then to now is just I just feel like it's so so much better back then. And just like you said, yeah, there's a lot of good music still, but man, I put on the radio and I'm like, what am I listening to? Dude? Like this shit is so trash. And like I think about those those older dudes that are like you know, next generation from, from me that are like, oh, that say the same shit about their music. But like, no, I think there's a lot of truth in that. And I, and I've tweeted about this before. Like, I think social media plays a big part in that. I think music back then, they didn't really have to worry about that. Like that wasn't part of their deal. Obviously that you, they had, like, they were hustling harder than us. Like, you know, sending, like selling CDs out of their trunk type shit. But now I just yeah, think, harassing the shit out of radio stations trying to get airplay. Yeah, like I'm not like I'm not taking away from musician hustles back then at all because I actually think it's harder. I just think there's more time spent on going viral and looking cool on social media. I don't know, you know, I can't pinpoint it, bro. I, I don't know exactly what it is. I just think that music was so much better back then. That's just my personal opinion. And it also, you know, there's. There's a difference that all the music we heard back then was profes- professionally produced, and there's a lot yeah. of it that's not now. Oh. So that that has a lot to do with it too. But uh, yeah, and, and different genres are different in that regard too, because like a lot of the like rock and hard rock and even metal stuff from back in the 80s and 90s, there's a lot of those highly produced and and done well. But there's a lot of it that really was kind of low budget stuff too so and there's a lot of bands out there today that are putting out stuff that's way better quality than it was back then so it's it's hit yeah. or miss depending on genre and and everything else too so and i guess i'm talking more about mainstream than indie right right you know oh yeah even the mainstream stuff like all the, the pop music that's out today um and the hip-hop like i'm uh, I know it catches a lot of flack, and I don't want to start a bunch of shit. But the the mumble rap just doesn't work for me. I'm sorry, yeah. it's just it's just not working. No, dude, it's not. It's fucking retarded. And they're like, like, I don't care about catching flack. Like I I speak that shit. Like <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Like hip hop and on the radio, the shit you hear. Like I just do not get it. And I feel like most people from the '90s, from the 2000s, even now that like know what good hip-hop is and good music in general like no one that barely anyone i know that i respect their music opinion is on board for that shit and i again i hate going back to the thing where it's like oh there's music from my time so this new music is whack but like that's what i'm saying dude like i stick behind that 100 percent. i just think right. music is so much and that's why i still only listen to music from back then but yeah man the mumble rat that shit's whack as fuck dude and like Here's the thing, like even if it sounds cool, there's no meaning to it. People don't even know what they're saying. Yeah, if you can't even make out what they're saying, but or I can't say much because there's a lot of rock music you couldn't make out half of what they were saying. Too. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But oh. but look, so we're, are we talking about rock music from back in the day? Yeah, like like earlier yeah, like metal, good especially like metal funny. stuff, the more aggressive vocals and such. A lot of it, you yeah. like have a hard time making out li- any of the lyrics. That's funny because now I'm thinking of like alternative back from like you know the '90s, which is honestly some of my favorite music. Alternative rock from the '90s, early oh, yeah, 2000s. Yeah. 
And yeah, most of them you could understand, but there were some like, you know, let's just say Green Day for But look, none of their shit was mumbled the entire time. Right. <laughs> like that wasn't their category, mumble alternative rock. <laughs> well, on the flip side of modern stuff, there's some stuff that's out there that's really like new and fresh right now. Like uh, there's a movement in pop the, the, towards the dark pop that I really find intriguing. I think like there's been some others been around longer, but Billie Eilish is the one that's kind of like really kind of pushing that whole genre, subgenre forward. But there's like Poppy and there's Melanie Martinez and some other ones that are huge in that subgenre. And it's like that's one I've really really kind of gravitated towards as of late because they're doing something different and unique and fresh and I dig it. Oh yeah. And that's what it's all about, man. Is you can, you can fall in with the shit that everybody's doing or you can start something new. And I think that's, you know, that's what catches people's attention. Exactly. So my daughter got all into Melanie Martinez. I say recently, it's been over a year now, I guess, but uh, (laughs) like I've, I've listened to a lot of her stuff and she even like made a feature length film it was based around her albums, like a concept album, and she made a film to go along with it and everything. And it's like, it was dope as hell. And my daughter and I actually sat and watched it just like last week. I've been meaning to watch it for a while, and we finally got around to doing that. And just the, just the unique creative stuff that's going on in that space. It's like a lot of these pop artists, like those those girls, they're not they're not going and picking a song from a catalog and they're going to the, the label and like you know listening to um demo tracks that were done to pick which song they want to sing next and have a bunch of studio musicians come in and do it and then they just go in and track a vocal no these these people are writing all their own shit and they have like a producer that they work with that they trust and they 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 create everything from scratch themselves and uh, it's something you haven't seen in pop like popular music probably since like the 60s wow yeah, I'm not too familiar with the scene or like really been getting on that, but yeah, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, it's, it's it's I wouldn't have been if it hadn't been if I didn't have a teenage daughter, but right, that's what I figured. <laughs> that that and um, I started getting a little bit exposed, exposed to, that to that because, because um, uh, hold on, I'm getting a little feedback. feedback. Sorry, I'm hearing myself echoing. Uh, I can't hear anything. What's my internet? Glitches out and it does that for a few seconds. It's gone. Hey, actually, on that note, I gotta take a piss. Uh, I know we're like an hour in. Um, I don't know how much longer you want to go. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Obviously, like I'm loving the conversation, but um, you cool if I take a piss real quick? Yeah, man, go handle that and we'll, we'll, right. we'll jump back on in a minute. I'm gonna go crack. I'm gonna go do the same thing. Yes, sir. All right, be right back. All right, man, I'm right back. All right, I'm here too. Whenever you're ready, Bill. So, all right, I just put my headphones back on. It's cool. No worries. All right, man. So anyway, I was get uh, I was gonna say that I kind of learned about that dark pop thing independently of my daughter initially because of uh, I heard this interview. You know who Go- uh, Dave Grohl is? I'm sure, right? Uh, I don't. It sounds familiar though. He's front man of the Foo Fighters. Now he was originally he was oh, the of course, drummer of course. for Nirvana. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, forgot. Yeah, right. Of course. I heard him in an interview. Somebody quoted him from an interview saying that Billie Eilish was the Kurt Cobain of her generation. 
And I was like, Whoa. wait, what? <laughs> if yeah, he's saying that, I need to go check this out. So <laughs> that's how I first kind of got introduced to her music. So, so you rock with her music? A little bit. It's not something I seek out normally, but I, if I hear it come on, I'm like, I can dig this, man. There's several Herb songs I've really have gotten into. I never like I never listened to her music. Um, obviously, the bad guy, like you know, that was her. I guess I don't know if that was her first hit, whatever. Like that shit just never did it for me. <laughs> like that one was, was like, okay. Man, it was kind of like a really weird, kind of dark emo thing going on there. But yeah, that was maybe another like, one she did. Maybe you need a daughter to relate. <laughs> I don't know, but maybe <laughs> she'd done another one that um I. I don't think I'd heard the song before, but like I saw her a performance of hers on um, Howard Stern actually. Oh, okay. And she cool. performed this song, and this song has a, I think it was a three octave range to it, and it's like holy crap! And it's just her with her brother slash producer sitting there on the keys next to her, and it's just a stripped down version of it that they did for this live performance, and it was oh, it was moving. It was a hell of a powerful song. So. I mean, obviously, there's got to be a reason she's so, so popular, right? But um, so, yeah, have you, like, dove more into her catalog, listened to more of her music? No, not extensively. <laughs> I've heard yeah, five but, or six songs of hers, and they're all pretty cool. A couple of them are pretty dope, and the others were like, eh, it's okay. It's not something, like I said, I would really seek out, uh, like, to listen to on my own. But every once in a while. It is interesting to cool. just see, like, how popular, you know, just her as an example has gotten. You know. Yeah, I know. I had my daughter look it up on Spotify the other day, and we were driving somewhere, and uh, like she has like, I think it was forty some million monthly streams on Spotify I'll, right now. I'll have to look right now because I'm curious too to see. I, I like to look at to see who's like who the top who the top in the world is as well. I think it shows on there. She's probably up there, right? Uh, she, she's surely up there in the, one of the top ten right now because she's just massive. Yeah, she's over 50 million monthly listeners. She's I think number, like 13, number 13 in the world. Wow. That <laughs> fits in well with her uh, dark pop image. Yeah. <laughs> 13. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, though. It's crazy, but like that's like top tier. There's a bunch of people like that other girl, Melanie, that my daughter is like, like her favorite artist now, Melanie Martinez. Melanie's getting somewhere around the neighborhood of like 12 to 15 million streams a month, you know? So she's like a quarter of what, or less of what Billy is, but that's still like 12 million streams a month. And you're getting that kind of exposure. You're doing phenomenal. Oh, you're killing it. Yeah. I'm looking at, so that bad guy song has, it's a number one song has 1.7 billion streams. (laughs) Dude, I wonder how much he's making off that song alone, just off Spotify. One point seven billion. Quite a lot at that point. When you're making, I mean, quarterly when they pay out their royalties, it's, I'm sure she's getting fat checks from Spotify, and oh. not to mention YouTube, and everything else, and then t- touring. Well, not touring as of late. But. Everything worldwide, all those streaming services worldwide that we don't even know half about. Yeah, exactly. Man. I hope she gives it back to some kids. She's got enough of it. She can do whatever the hell she wants with it at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can, how, she's, like, mad young, too, right? Oh, yeah. I think she's still, like, only, like, 17, 18 years old, maybe something like that now. It's Are you serious? Crazy oh, young. I didn't know she was that young. Like, her first album dropped when she was 15, as I recall. My 
God. Yeah. So now that you talk about it, I remember that like whole Drake thing. I don't know if you were saw that news where he like DM'd her or some shit and people went crazy because she was underage. Like he probably would have said some innocent, really nice shit to her. Yeah. And they went psycho about it. And that's like when I realized how young she was. But I, I didn't hear about that. That's oh, seems absurd. Yeah, it was absurd. I mean, I don't fucking know. I didn't know. If he's trying to move up on her in her DMs, you know, that's one thing. But I'm sure he was just like, hey, man kicking some ass over there you know or something along those lines you know or even talking music business like shit yeah. i would want to work with her too yeah i was like hey you want to do a feature <laughs> you know that type of deal yeah so yeah that was a while ago but we don't need to dive into it but i guess people went crazy that like he like said one thing to her or some shit so whatever but uh yeah man yeah wow that so she's like 17 18 and she's number 13 in the world let's just make sure to verify that Dark How pop. old is Billie Eilish? Billie Eilish is 19 years old. She's 19 now. Okay. <laughs> she's, she's, she's getting old. She's almost over the hill now. Yeah, she's growing quick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, can you, bro, can you imagine that fucking power or just that success at 19? I feel like, what what is she going to do for the rest of her life? She, she doesn't have to do a damn thing the rest of her life. <laughs> but isn't that a problem? Like, think of that. Think of that being that successful at 19. You have the rest of your life to do whatever the fuck you want. What are you gonna do, man? If you're if you're that type of a creative, you're gonna keep creating. Right? You know, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Now, now I'm intrigued to see like how long her run will go. But like, man, I, I just think about it from a different sense. People think of it like. Oh man, she'll do whatever she wants for the rest of her life. But like, what? What is she really gonna do? Like, I just because I think of it from a different angle. It's like that amount of success at that young. Like, you're so young, you can't you can't take in any of that shit the right way. Well, I mean, I I don't know if you can or not, but that young, like, I just think of myself at nineteen. Yeah. Like, a lot I, of people have problems with that. I mean, look how Beaver went off the rails for a while. That's what I'm saying. You know, that's what I'm, like that. exactly what I'm saying, dude. Lindsay Lohan, I mean, she was, I think she tried to sing later, but, you know, that, <laughs> that's not what she's known for. But, you know, that's what I'm saying, man. It messes them up, man. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, it'll be interesting to see, like, that. And I don't even know if, Be- well, I guess they did. Beaver and uh, Lindsay Lohan, those types at that age, pretty much had that. Yeah, it's just. Britney Spears. I mean, she had that whole mid-career meltdown. And look at her now. <laughs> yeah, she's back doing well again. No, she's not. Did you have, have you uh, seen the documentary or followed any of her? Uh, oh no. Last I heard, she was seemed to be doing all right. Oh man, yeah. So my wife finally got me to watch this documentary. So again, something we don't need to dive into, but it's very <laughs> deep for these uh, Britney Spears fans. If they <laughs> they don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. She so not to get too crazy about it. I don't even know how to explain it the right way, but she's basically her dad took uh, complete control of her and her career, and he's like a evil ass dude and has her on lockdown. Did you see that? I heard I heard a little bit about it. I didn't catch. Anything. Yes, I don't I don't know how to explain it the right way. I did watch the documentary, but it's so complex that he basically put her under some law in court. To where he owns everything that she's stuck in like an apartment or hotel or whatever it is with no control over her life. She cannot decide anything that happens to her life. She has zero control. He is in full control and he's taking her for everything she's ever gotten. <laughs> that's the that's the easiest way I can say it, but it is insane. Look, I'm not a Britney Spears that's fan. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like 
I, I think she's cool. She made great music back in the day, but like this documentary is crazy. Like everybody needs to check that shit out. And these Britney Spears fans are like, they're fighting hard for her, but it is an in, it's one of probably the craziest stories I've ever seen. I, I'm, I need to go watch that then. I assume it's it on is, streaming it's on, services. Uh, I think it's on Netflix. I'll have to find. I just can't. I just got done with my Netflix account, but I'll let you know. I would highly recommend. Like I wouldn't normally recommend a Britney Spears documentary, but this one, <laughs> yes, go check it out. Sounds like an interesting story. I never was a huge. I never was a real big fan of hers either. And she was another one of those that started really, really young. Right. Yeah. For sure. Well, I mean, she uh, she was a mouseketeer before she even became you know famous. <laughs> yeah, with pop star at like fourteen or something like that. But yeah, yeah, it her, dives into the story. It's crazy. Her and Christina and and JT were all mouseketeers together. <laughs> oh, Christina was. Too. I didn't know Christina was too, but yeah, yeah. I remember those days, man. That's when pop was really, or not those days, but after that. Like that's when pop was going crazy back then. Oh yeah, in their heyday, and and it just came and just killed the whole industry. <laughs> yeah, and that was right about the same time that um, like piracy and Napster and all that stuff was really oh. coming to play, and like the whole like the music just. I'm mean, that guess they were probably like the last giant mega pop star era because you know streaming and everything followed after that, so it's, the whole game has changed. But they were like kind of the last ones that came up during the old way of doing things. Now that I think about it, I just like don't see any like popular pop artists these days. Yeah, it's just weird. It's like all split spinner to little subgenres and stuff too. And Eminem just destroyed it, dude. Ever since Eminem, like that's how that's what I think. Yeah. He, he just went and he, he did that shit very well. <laughs> he was another one of those that was a game changer. He just killed them all and then just took over rap. But yeah, those are good times, man. Think about Napster and that's what I'm talking about. Music back then was dope. Like even the pop was amazing and then you know, hip hop just got grew ever since like pop it's kinda like pop went away and hip hop just took over. But yeah, and obviously hip hop was going crazy before then, but that's I feel like since M like I feel like Eminem was he got it to a bigger, bigger audience and then it just took over since then. That's that's what I think. Well you look at the last ten years and you find me a pop album that was like major charting album that didn't have at least a couple of songs that featured a hip hop artist on them. Oh, I cannot think of one. Uh, like every Katy Perry album or you know any Lady Gaga, they all have they all have to. I mean, because hip hop's the dominant <laughs> the dominant uh, genre in our world today. So if you want to yeah, be relevant, you've that, got like, to appeal to their the the hip hop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. And even like Katy Perry and, and Lady Gaga, as far as I'm concerned, like they're not even that popping these days. Like, no, they've got good music, but they've kind of faded off some in recent years. Yeah, it's true. Crazy. And you've got the like giant ones. Like uh, last I heard, I think Madonna put out an album a couple years ago, and it didn't even break the like Hot 100. I don't think. Yeah, I didn't even hear about that. As far as I can remember, I only heard about it because like someone was doing a like I heard a guy doing a review on shit, and he mentioned it, and I like I didn't even know there was an album out. Uh, <laughs> I heard yeah. about it that way. You know what? Maybe that's part of the reason music sucks so much these days. <laughs> it's 
it's just the shakeup in the industry, man. Like with Napster and um, all the piracy that went on, and like move, working through all that, and how the economics of the entire industry changed, and how nowadays if you're signing with a major label, you're you're looking at a 360 deal, and or you're not going to get signed most likely. So they're going to be taking a cut of your merch, your touring, everything under the sun. Yeah, yeah label the deals cost are- of doing business at this at this day and age, so they yeah. can kind of survive in this modern era. So it's just everything has changed since like the around two thousand or so. It just just like you said, three sixty. Like label deals, I feel like are just like you're signing your soul to the devil now. And uh, you know, my, I want I want to ask you a question. Do you think let's talk about five years? Let's talk about ten years. Let's talk about twenty fucking thirty. You think music will be better or worse than it is now? My answer is it depends. <laughs> it's going to depend on a lot of factors, like how the economics shake out and how much how much more accessible it is for like I mean, you can get anybody that has a laptop and a shitty little microphone that they can plug into a USB port, oh, yeah. and they can download a beat and rap over it, and it might be complete garbage, yeah. but they could like grab their laptop <laughs> and the mic and a piece of software, and by and within a few hours have something out. And it's only gonna get easier too. Yeah, exactly. It's only gonna get easier and more accessible. And the prices are you know, like, I mean, shit, you could put together a, a pretty decent little recording thing to do some basic stuff like that for like three or four hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's that easy it's now. It. So it is. But, yeah, I paid I paid less than five hundred bucks for my setup. Yeah. Same here. I've got a little little mixer. I've got a little a couple little amplifiers that I use and like this one little amp that's got a DI out, you know. It's got a USB out, so I can go right into my DAW and all that. But it was like three hundred bucks, but that was the most expensive piece of the whole setup, and, <laughs> and it's got amp modeling and stuff built into it, so I can yeah, make whatever. Well, you got to answer the question, though. Huh? Oh, the yeah. Back to the question, uh. Yeah, you. So you I, think it's going to be a lot of that, but I think the <laughs> the cream always rises to the top, man. So I think there'll still be a sure. lot of crap out there, but if you can sort through it, there'll be some real gems out of it. So. But does it? But does it these days with music? It does eventually. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I agree. With some you. of it, some of it never gets found, like we've talked about. You know, people talking don't about promote, it. or they don't have anyone that to help them promote it, so it just goes undiscovered. And yeah. I'm sure it was always that way. Like back in the '70s, I'm sure there were a lot of talented people, country artists and guitar players and singers and everybody under the sun, even like R&B singers and whatnot that they never caught the right attention so they never got discovered so they could have probably been huge if they had but the only difference is now we can go hear those people because they can just do do it themselves at home and put it out and but and the thing the thing i hate the most about right now about music and i'm not trying to be like a hater but like i feel like you have to like market yourself to be like a viral sensation to get your music out yeah, I kind of even talked about that with my bandmates, like maybe trying to write a hook that was like super catchy in one song just to try to catch some fire on like TikTok. And, and not even that. It's like you have to do some shit like just to get your music out. Yeah. Like if you if your social media is not popping, like no labels are going to even look at you. Oh, hell. Like, it's not even about labels, but it's just like even just to get attention. It's like, bro, you either got to be like humongous 
independent following or you have to do some crazy shit virally just to get your music out. And that's where I feel like the disconnect from good quality music has come. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's it, the hustle is still there. It's always been that way. But like we talked about earlier, you used to have to hustle your ass right. off to running around to all these radio stations, yeah. trying to get airplay, try to yeah. play this club and that club to get the right A&R to, to see you and whatnot. Now you got you to whip your dick out in public and sing your song. Exactly. <laughs> I, think the, I think the hustle game is still about the same as it always has been. It's just what you're trying to hustle for has changed a little bit. You're, you're just you're you're more direct to consumer now. So I feel like the hustle could, was more real back then, and now it's like, you know, go make an ass out of yourself, and then maybe you'll <laughs> people check you out. I don't know. I, I sound like a hater, but like I feel like there's truth in it, man. But it's that way with everything. You look at a uh, Jake Paul, for example. Uh, You've seen his – uh, he's been doing some boxing. Got your hat. Got your hat. <laughs> yeah. Dude has a – he made like uh, – I think it was like a uh, – you know, oh, 690000 was his salary plus a percent of the pay-per-view for that last fight he just did. That was his third professional fight. Jesus. Nobody else. Mike Tyson barely made like maybe twenty grand for his third professional fight. If if he was lucky, yeah, it's a whole different world today. But it's because of the same shit you're talking about. It's because Jake and his brother have been out there making an ass of themselves on YouTube, and they have amassed the audience to the point where now professional boxing needs Jake Paul way the fuck more than Jake Paul needs professional boxing. <laughs> Yo, that's so true too. Oh my god. That's crazy. Boxing's almost dead. I mean, nobody watches that shit. Like, you might have a Pacquiao oh, Mayweather fight, you know, but that's that. Nobody knows the the smaller up and coming guys. No, it's all about UFC. It's not even close. Like, I, I was literally I, just saying to my wife yesterday, I'm like, like boxing's boring as fuck. Like, why would I want to watch this when we got the UFC just going crazy? I know. It's, um, that he might be the one to help revive boxing for him. At least he has to some degree. They've, they had like a, he's been in like, I think this, I heard over the last like 20 years or 10 years or a little better. Maybe it was that there was only three boxing matches that sold like over a million or a million and a half pay-per-view buys. And Jake uh. Paul was on two of those bills. <laughs> <laughs> of course, one of them was the Tyson, um, Jones fight, you know, you know, and that one was huge too. That was, I just would watch that one. That was a good one. That was fun. That's so crazy to think about. Like th these are the things you don't even, like I don't even think about until somebody mentions it, but uh, yeah, it just goes right back to the music thing that we're talking about. It's like, like just like you said, boxing needs that fucking idiot, right? They do. They need his millions of fans. And the thing is that, They've got millions of people that tuned in because they love Jake Paul, and they've got millions and millions of people that tuned in because they wanted to see Jake Paul get his ass handed to him <laughs> because they don't like him. <laughs> Either way, they win. Yeah, they win, and everybody wins. <laughs> exactly. And at the end of the day, what really went down? Some stupid shit, right? <laughs> that, that, that first fight when he fought the uh, the ex NBA player guy, I don't, whose name I don't remember. Nate Robinson. I didn't watch yeah, it, but yeah, I saw yeah. that fight was was bad. I mean, like Jake, yeah, I didn't see it. Jake's 
you could tell he had no form. He kept his hands down at his waist. He wasn't guarding his face. But the other guy just came in just flailing wildly. And he would just kind of sidestep him and pop him in the head as he went by. And he did that four or five times and finally got a good shot in and knocked his ass down. Boom, done, out. <laughs> now, that was it. This one, now Jake has, you know, he's, he's got his hands up. He's blocking. He's countering. And he's throwing more than just single punches. He's actually getting some combos in. So he's, you could tell he's learned something. This is first, this is his third fight. So... You wouldn't expect him to be any better than that. But if he goes against, up against someone that's like a good boxer, he's going to get fucked up. But he he fought some guy that was like a, a retired guy that was booted out of the, um like, uh, uh, what you call it, the MMA sanctioning body. I don't remember. Yeah. What it was UFC, yeah. He was a retired UFC fighter that was like way beyond his prime. So. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I can't – I don't follow that shit too much, like – I got better things to do with my time, you know. <laughs> I don't but, accept uh, the fact of the, the the interesting part of it, the the promotional part of it, like that, because I'm like a nerd for that. And the, oh, sure, the, and that's like the problem. Like I'll be on Twitter and be like, oh, here's Jake Paul taking taking a uh, Floyd's hat, and then I got to check out everything. Yep. I'm the same way. That's the shit that catches me, but I don't I don't follow it too much. I'll, I'll let it go after the day. But yeah, my point is, is Floyd, he's going to beat his fucking brother's ass so bad. I can't. So now I want to see it just to see his fucking ass get worked. But uh, that'll be interesting. Did sure you see the whole grab his hat shit? All that? I'm sure. Oh, uh-uh. No, I didn't see that. What? Uh, really? Oh, yeah. That shit was going crazy. I think I can't remember. Maybe it was like two, three days ago. But uh, yeah, Jake Paul met up with Floyd. He grabbed his hat off his head when they were beefing. Mayweather? They, oh, bro. All Floyd people beat the shit out of uh, Jake Paul. I don't even like I, I didn't know Jake Paul until this shit. Happened. I just did not follow that shit at all. I knew who, like I heard the name, but yeah, same here. Right. So yeah, Floyd people beat the fuck out of him, and then uh, <laughs> Jake Paul went and launched a merch line called "Got Your Hat" because <laughs> he was just knowing that shit. <laughs> but yeah, this I, I guess kind of shameless shit is why he's where he's at now. <laughs> exactly. Shameless the same shameless shit. But now his brother's fighting Floyd Mayweather, dude. Floyd Mayweather, the, probably the greatest boxer of all time. So Logan's like, gonna fight Mayweather. Yeah, they're fighting. And uh, Jake was trying to get Mayweather. I thought Jake was trying to get a fight with Mayweather. Like Nah, nah, I ain't even bothering with you. Yes, that's what it confused me. I thought those two were fighting. Then apparently it's his brother. Like I don't, I don't even know the brothers until this shit happened. But well, apparently it's Logan because he's the one that like showed that dead body on his YouTube channel. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I didn't follow that. Shit. Like I don't follow the shit at all. I don't either. But, but that was like huge news, and I heard about that. That's the that's the first time I heard about the Logan brothers was when that happened. Wait, like, wait. So what six, happened? What happened? Six, some guy had hung himself in a forest somewhere, and they wound up filming the body hanging there and posted this shit on YouTube. And, of course, it got taken down very quickly, and there was a big controversy over it. That's the only reason I'd ever heard of the Logan of the, the Paul brothers before this whole fighting shit happened. Wait, wait. Hold on. So, okay, so they filmed just somebody hanging themselves? I thought I saw that. Oh, they found they came across the guy had already hung himself. He was long since dead when they came across him. But they filmed the dead body and posted that shit on YouTube. Oh my god! Wow. Okay. It was a big controversy, and they were like massive apology, you know, big public apology. Yeah, I I'm, guess I missed. I just don't follow like that type of shit at all. But I, I I feel like I did see a little part of that, and now. 
thinking about it. But yeah. So anyways, to get back to it, yeah, Floyd or um Logan Paul is fighting Floyd, but Jake Paul was the one at this I don't even know what it was, dude. I guess it was a weigh-in or just like a a face-off, right? But the brother was there. Like, what the fuck? But, you know, obviously it's all for the cameras if you really think about it. But, yeah, he snatched his hat, got his ass beat, and then uh, he sold merch about it. But you should just go check out – because, like, after that, I was looking at uh, Jake Paul's um, Twitter and just seeing how dumb this dude is. But um, it is funny that he wasn't even the one fighting, but he caused all the promotion. I can't believe either one of them wants to go up against Floyd Mayweather. Like, like Jake, I don't know about Logan, no, I, but Jake at least paid like six million fucking bucks or yeah. more than that. But like Mayweather's not a real big dude. Like Jake Paul probably outweighs him by 40, 50, 60 pounds. Yeah, I think so. Looking at it. And has the reach on him and everything, but mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't have the experience Mayweather has. I will, uh, I don't see that ending well for either of the Paul brothers. Oh, <laughs> uh, Floyd! I feel like just, just I don't. I'm not a boxing guy, so I don't want to sit here and say I, I know this and that about boxing. But I know greatness, and that dude Floyd yeah. is on. Um, he like I think I think he's the greatest boxer of all time, apart from Muhammad Ali. We don't need to get into all that, but. Um, yeah, he's definitely yeah. up there, man. One of the top like five of all time, easy. Yeah, he's never lost, right? And like that, someone, one of them needs to tell somebody needs to tell those two Logan Paul, the two Paul brothers, to go talk to Colin McGregor and say and ask him how that went, <laughs> how that worked out for you, man. <laughs> for real, and like, no, I don't think I don't think Floyd has ever lost, correct? Um, I don't believe so. Yeah, I don't think he's ever lost, and. uh you know he's he's one of the greatest going against a white dude that's a social media addict, whatever you want to call it, whatever a fucking idiot. But he's gonna get his fucking ass handed to him, and that's and and people are gonna watch. And I don't blame those dudes for doing the fight because they're they're gonna rake it in, dude. Oh yeah, that's what they're all. That's the only reason they're doing this is because of the giant payday, dude. And we're not even talking about a giant payday. We're talking about like. Set you good for life, baby. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I just looked up Mayweather, Mayweather's stats. You know, on Wikipedia, total fights fifty, total wins fifty, wins by knockout twenty-seven. Bro, think about that. Fifty and zero, and more than half of them were knockouts. Right. That's insane. And maybe he's a little bit older. He's like not quite in his prime anymore. But like, if. Right. But that doesn't mean shit, because like you look how Tyson came out no. fighting Roy Jones, and he's over fifty, and he was able to come out swinging the way he did. Uh, Mayweather's doesn't have any problem. I'm sure he'll he'll <laughs> make short work if it lasts. Uh, if it lasts a minute, I'd be shocked as hell. <laughs> it yeah. looked like one of those old Mike Tyson fights where it was over in like you know thirty six seconds and some or something like that. And the crazy thing you think about is like. The, the dude, Logan Paul, he does have a chance, right? So, like, what if, like, the, the a miracle happened and he knocked this dude out? It's like, holy shit, to think about that. But the whole point is, like, obviously it's all for money. Like, it's just a f- complete joke because just like you said, boxing is, like, done almost. Yeah. But, uh, but they're you know, cashing in on this, too, just like everybody else. Like, like the Pauls are cashing in on it and everybody, whoever they're fighting is making bank, mad bank off of it. Like that UFC guy that he fought this last time. I think his payday was a half million. <laughs> so, I'm not, telling you. Not man. bad to get in the I, ring for a few minutes. I saw some shit about how much these guys, uh, Floyd and this dude Logan Paul, are going to make. 
and it's like sickening. It's power too, man. It's disgusting <laughs> the money that could be put to like a good cause if you think about it that way. But it's all us fools out there want, wanting to watch it that are making all those pay per view buys that are, that are why they do it. So you know. But it's all it's all of us. Like I'm probably gonna watch that shit, man. Oh yeah, I will. I probably will too. And that's the issue. That's the whole issue is they they suck us into it. (laughs) (laughs) All like this is what's fucked up about our society and what it's come down to is like this is the shit that is popular and we spend our time, money, and energy into. Like think about that. How much time and energy we spend just talking about it here today? (laughs) Right? Like this is the shit people are dying over. Like that could, like the money and and. And all the exposure that could be put into good shit that's going to this. It's like, if you really think about that shit, that is depressing as fuck, dude. Right? <laughs> I have a little different take on it than that because that money wouldn't be spent if, if it wasn't for something huge to draw people in like that. So it's just, I think it, it, it takes that. Know. So. And I think, you know, I think Floyd Mayweather has been one of those dudes that has donated. I don't know yeah. too much. Like, man, I'm just saying, like, the money that comes His into humanitarian the- efforts have been been significant over the years. Yeah, yeah. And he gets a, he has a bad rep as far as I know, but I don't think it's warranted. But, like, I think about the Logan brothers. or Sorry, not the Lo- the Paul brothers. Like, what are they going to do with that money? You know what I mean? It's like, that's the shit I'm talking about is depressing. They're going to do shit like they did on their Instagram and go throw a big pile of it in their front yard and roll around in it. Yeah, they are. And then they we'll actually how- did that after that last fight. They <laughs> I, really? I, I heard somebody talk about this. Like, oh, I got to go look that up. And sure as hell, there they are. A little video on their Instagram account of them rolling around and a shit ton, a giant pile of money, like cash in their front yard. Okay, so check this out, Bill. So I just Googled Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul money split. I don't know if this is true, but it says Floyd Mayweather used Instagram to send a message to his critics after claiming he has set for a hundred million dollar purse from the Logan Paul fight. God. <laughs> hundred million shit. for him. Wow. Or maybe that's, that's the, the purse. Maybe that's they're talking about the prize money for whoever wins, which is, we all know is most likely going to be Mayweather. But <laughs> good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Still, I mean, that's just the purse. That's that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like that to me, that's the shit that really is fucked up. But anyways, <laughs> we got way off topic. But yeah, that shit's crazy, right? <laughs> Man, there is no topic here. Haven't you learned that yet? <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> I like. I like these to be organic, man. Go, I've been trying to keep these to around an hour now. Here we're just over an hour and a half, and we're still going. Rolling, dude. <laughs> on Mother's Day. Absolutely. My wife's probably like, what the fuck is he talking about up there? I know, right? I better <laughs> let you get off here pretty soon before you get yourself in trouble. <laughs> we talk about everything, but it's all good. Yeah, I know. She's like, hey, what are you doing for me today? I'm like, uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> I'm going to have to get back to you on that. You got any suggestions? <laughs> Too drunk to drive anywhere at this point. So. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, so back to music here for a minute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
what do you have coming up in the works? I know that our guy that I talked to last week, Kid G, just sent you something that y'all have got a little collaboration working on that's yeah. going to be probably dropping before much longer. So yeah, I know you've got more stuff coming. So what's what's on the horizon here? All right. So the number one thing I got right now is this album. It's going to be called The Hook Album. Uh, did he talk to you at all about that? I obviously haven't heard the episode yet. No, no, huh? no, it hasn't aired yet. So. Oh, true. Obviously. So anyways, uh, it's called the hook album and I'm super excited about it. It's got a lot. There's a lot in the works. Like I'm still figuring this all out, but just to break it down, it's basically a collab album, but for me, it's my project and I'm only going to be on the hooks. That's it. And then possibly one song at the end. I'm still kind of contemplating that. I think it's going to happen, but it's going to be probably about 10 songs and it's only going to be me on the hooks. It's my, it's my project, only me on the hooks, hence the hook album. But I got right now, I believe 14, maybe 13 or 15. One of those uh, featured artists on this shit. And kid G is one of those. Also another dude uh, named CQ uh, from San Antonio. But uh, I'm super excited because I don't think anybody in music has ever done anything like that. I've never heard of anything quite like that before. That's interesting. So the, yeah. the, the features are going to do all the verses and stuff, and you're only coming in on the hooks. That's it, and it's my project. <laughs> and I'm starting to like get annoyed about it because I'm like, fuck, I'm going to be doing all this work, and I'm only on the hooks. I'm not annoyed. I'm just like, like I need this shit. I don't even know how to put it, but like, it just sucks that I'm going to be putting in all this work, and I'm only on the hooks. But like... <laughs> But I'm excited about the project, man, because because of that, um, it being the only thing, I, the only project I've ever heard ever of anybody doing that. So like me, I'm all about being different, being original. And like, that's what really gets my fucking uh, gears going, however you want to put it. But so, yeah, 13, 14, whatever uh, artists on it, all doing verses on about nine or 10 songs as of now. And uh, just making the collab album called The Hook Album with me on the hooks. And that's it. And uh, I'm hoping to – I already have a bunch of uh, verses back. I'm waiting on like right now I think three or four, and that's it. So my whole goal was to get this shit done by June, but I realized I'm like out of control. Like it's all about the artists sending me it back. So obviously I've been following up, trying to do what I can to get them to send it, but it comes down to them actually doing the work and sending it. Right. And we're talking about internet homies. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they're not next door. I can't go hit, like, drive over there and be like, what's up? So uh, it's a matter of time. But um, I'm just super excited to, to put it together. And me and my producer are going to do everything. And, like, it's going to be crazy, dude. I know what you mean, man. Like I, I, You just reminded me. The one thing I have, this, there's a recording of me that's on Spotify. I did a featured guitar track for – guitar part for a track on uh, one of Hipster Pug's album, songs last year. You, you know who that is, right, from Twitter? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we talk a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He he dropped an album last year, and um, like the intro track is only about a minute and a half long, and I did the guitar work on that. <laughs> but, yep. but it was the same type of deal. He was like – it took me a while to like figure out how what to do with it and get it and practice it and write it out and practice it and record and get it recorded and get it back to him so he could get his album released. <laughs> well, fortunately, I wasn't the hang up, but it was close to it. So. 
Right. Exactly the same shit. Yeah, for sure. It was fun, though. I'd never done anything like that because it was like a real melodic piece that was over an EDM track. It was kind of a low down-tempo track and all of that. And it was an F major, which is a key that I was not familiar with playing in on the guitar. So, hey, what's like, the name of the song? Um, I'm blanking on the name of the track, actually. Hold on a Jeez. second. I know, right? <laughs> I'm looking at Hipster Pug's uh, Spotify right now. It was on Neon Noir. His uh, the album Neon Noir is the the. Oh, I see it. Okay. It's the first track on there. Oh, I see it. Yeah, I see you on there. Yeah, it's got my name on it. That's tight. That's love right there because you had did y'all did did he do that before the podcast or after? It was after, but I talked to him about it, you know, saying, hey, if you ever need anyone to feature, you know, do some guitar work on a track, let me know. And he's like, um, actually, I was kind of wanting to do that on this upcoming album, so. We put it together after that. It was kind of, it was really fun. What does neon noir mean? Neon noir. Um, <sighs> Do you know? It's French, and I'm trying to remember the translation for it, and it's not coming to me. Um, it's all good. I didn't mean to press you. Just, uh, that's an interesting name. Yeah, there's a there's a tie-in to it that I've and I've heard, and I'm uh, I'm blanking on the the meaning by it, but it's, it's like a pop culture reference, but. Yeah, that's interesting artwork too. I'm looking at the artwork now. Yeah, Hipster Pug seems like a uh, original type of dude. I like his uh, his artwork and shit with the pugs. It's pretty cool. Yeah, all his stuff is all original, and it's, it's funny. He's been creating music for several years now. He's got an ex- fairly extensive catalog already at this point, and the dude knows like nothing about like actual music composition, music theory. <laughs> It's, and but he's able to produce some really cool shit. Like, cause I was asking, him, I was like, okay, is this like? I can't tell if that's triplets or is that in th- is that in three four time or is it four triplets in four four? And he was like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I'm like the same way, honestly. Yeah, so uh, like I had to like, it's like just sh- shoot me a screenshot of your doll, and that'll <laughs> tell me what I need to know. So and so he did. I'm like, oh, right, cool. It's four like, four, so 120 wait, BPM. Wait. All right, I'm good. He's like, wait, what's a doll? Yeah, I know he knew that, but he's, he uses Ableton. I know that. <laughs> that's funny, though. Yeah, no, that's how easy it is, or how easy it can be to make music these days. Yeah, no shit. I'm on the same shit. I'm not trying to say I'm any better than that. I don't, I don't know, I don't know shit about music. Like, if you really, like, there's so much to be learned, obviously. But oh, I know. I've like I just five or six years ago, I like I was in band, like growing up through middle school and high school. I was in, I played saxophone and stuff, and I never learned any of the theory behind it all. I never knew why this particular key had three sharps in it, you know, or whatever it happened to be. Uh, I, I understand that concept now, but that's only been in the last few years I've learned all that stuff. So he sends me the, sends me all this stuff. I know that I have the the scratch track. I have the fact that it's 120 BPMs, four four time, and he sent me the three notes. It's just a three chord progression. And right. uh, he didn't. And so I, out of that, I was able to discern that, okay, this is an F major and learn how to, how to play melodic solos in F major, which I'd never done before. So <laughs> all of it was fully new to me. It was a really fun experience. That's dope. I loved, I loved, I just loved doing it, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Anytime I get a chance to play, I'm 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 all about it. That's the song. Well, man, I guess I better let you go before you get in any deeper trouble here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be all right. I'm still trying to figure out what to do for the day. You know what I mean? But um, 
Yeah, so I got my wife a little nice little uh, uh, <laughs> Mother's Day present. And, of course, it being on Amazon, she got a nice little email. Of course. Here's what you're getting, <laughs> right? And so she found that shit out, I think, yesterday. I was like, fuck, man. She's like, why'd you give me that? <laughs> <laughs> but um, How old are you little one now? So we got 11-month-year-old. Month-year-old, I don't know if that's how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> is that how you say it? 11 month something like that yeah i don't even know yeah 11 month and then <laughs> uh four and seven nice yeah dude so um yeah I, I don't know what we'll do for the rest of the day like i said daddy's too drunk to take the wheel so um maybe mama, we'll just let, <laughs> we're gonna let mama drive and uh she can do whatever the fuck she wants and we'll make it work absolutely man we don't have a good one <laughs> All right. It's good talking to you. Why don't you remind everybody where they can find you real quick before we go? Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Everybody can find me at Forgotten One JSF, Jordan Stevens Faust. Forgotten One JSF. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram. Hit me up. I'll follow you back if you're cool. If you send me your link without me asking, then I'm going <laughs> to you to fuck off. <laughs> Amen, brother. If you made it this far on the podcast, then you're a real one. So. Yes, Holler at me. If if it gets this far, I know Bill's gonna make some edits here and there. <laughs> oh, I'll definitely make sure that's easy. I gotta, I gotta just gotta cut out the part where we both went to go piss. So. <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, have but, a good uh, day, man. It was good talk you, to you, brother. Appreciate you having me on. And uh, anytime you need someone, holler at me and uh, I'll keep rocking with you. And uh, appreciate anyone listening. Much love. We out of here. You got it, man. Take care. Take care, bro. Thank you for listening to the Autonomy Talent Podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me and my guest today, and I hope you really enjoyed the show. If you did, I would ask that you follow us on whatever podcast player you're listening to, and go check us out on our social medias. I'm most active on Instagram and Twitter, at AutonomyPod. So go follow the podcast accounts over there, and I'll be seeing you again next week. Take care, everybody.